Mulligan Hockey fans, are you ready to brave the wild? With me, your host, Peldino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on all your favorite podcasting apps. I thank you once and always for downloading and listening to this show. It is a great pleasure to be back on board with you once again today to talk hockey. Minnesota Wild, I believe I had them going 2-2 two and two going into this one, or was it 3-1? and one? Minnesota Wild almost had a chance to go 4-0, and oh, but wind up going 3-1 and one out of 4. Not bad. So when you look at the big picture or the outside picture or whatever picture you want to call it, three and one's good and everything. But the way the Minnesota Wild blew leads versus Dallas, Calgary, and the sloppy play versus the Anaheim Ducks, I don't know. It was it's about the ugliest three and one you can ever get. Just about. So a little concerning. Uh, four games to review, four games to preview. So a bit of a busy show. Uh, I'll fess up. I did record fan interaction first for a need of compressed schedule yet again. Hopefully this is the last Thursday for a while. I'll have to have a compressed schedule. So, again, I recorded Fan Interaction Wednesday. So just uh, giving you a heads up with that. Luckily, no major news took place other than the the Flames game. So I, I wanted to be able to review it here. So segments one and two are recorded on Thursday morning again. Just letting you know the situation here. Compressed schedule, having to go into work early. It's just wonderful, especially when it's like kind of at the last second, sort of. It's not the most entertaining, fun thing you want to find out, but oh well, could be worse. Uh, Like I said, four and four type of deal. Minnesota Wild hosts the Edmonton Oilers. Edmonton scores early, but Minnesota kind of takes over from there. This was easily the best game out of this group, easily. It's not even close, honestly. It was the most complete game the Minnesota Wild played, probably in a while, really. Uh, Only gave up 21 shots. Fleury did give up three goals. The defense in front of Fleury has not been all that great. It's just preventing shots has been really good, particularly in this Edmonton game, which is actually really impressive considering who you're playing against. Of course, McDavid scoring at one point, of course, like making it look super easy. And Leon Dreisaitl at a pretty uh, tough angle on the power play early, put the uh, Edmonton Oilers up. But then Jewel Eriksson-Eck, Mr. Consistent, and a guy I'll talk about pretty highly of in the fan interaction segment anyway. Kirill Kaprizov, you're going to talk highly of all the time. The Minnesota Wilds score on the power play twice. Give up a power play once, again, very early. The Leon Dreisaitl, well, relatively early anyway. It was a low-scoring first period. Little did we know we'd have a 5-3 to three score at the final in favor of the Minnesota Wild. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov continues to rack up points. He would have six of them this week. And then there's another guy we'll be talking about that uh, obviously... Really, he's been stepping up this year. You can it's plain as day. He's he's had a he's taken a step forward anyway from last season, and that's Connor DeWar. We'll be talking about him continuously throughout this episode, but not so much in this game. This is kind of sort of more of the big boys, you could say, the the Kirill Kaprizovs, the Jewel Eriksson X <laughs> guys like that, and of course the big boys on the other side, McDavid and Drysdale. Of course, each of them would get a goal, and then there's a guy named Klim Costin. Very late, getting Edmonton back on the board for the first time since, you know, the second period when McDavid had that basically drive to the to the net. And uh, Drysaddle was uh, fed him basically in the release and on the shot. Made it look way too easy because they're the two, two of the best five players in the world. Luckily, the Minnesota Wild have a guy pretty pretty much in the same tier. I would say Kirill Kaprizov is first tier. When he's on pace for 108, 110, 112 points, whatever, the last two years, that's a top-tier player in the National Hockey League. Be it top five or top ten, whatever the top tier is, Kirill Kaprizov is in it. And, and yes, even top five. Um, good for Klim Kostin getting his first goal of the season. Good for him. Klim, huh? Klim Kostin. 
I'm probably not even pronouncing it right. Costine, that sounds more that sounds more likely what it is. I apologize. Freddie Goudreau, Frederick Freddie. Frederick was able to get his fourth goal of the regular season in any way. He'd be a hero later on versus Dallas. We appreciate that very much. Sam Steele with a nice goal. To, we'll put the Wild up 4-2. to two. That would end up being the game winner. A nice play from Zuccarello Steele with, it, with uh, you know, just kind of being free and able to get to the net on that one. Again, good release from uh, Zuccarello. Good timing on the pass. And again, nice move from Sam Steele and able to escape and all that and score to kind of get, get alone. Zuccarello would add his eighth of the season. Minnesota wins relatively comfortably, kind of, sort of, versus Edmonton. Kind of, sort of, but it was a nice, complete victory. Dumb has been adding the points as well. Got to give him credit. His dumb bomb has been coming back a bit, which has been counting as assists at times. Simply putting the puck on net, and Dumba does have two goals on the season, at least coming into this episode. Eight total points in 25 games. Numbers are going up, and I'm going to keep saying it, raising his trade value. It is it is what it is, guys and gals. We're raising his trade value. I understand a lot of the prospects that I'm going to talk about later in the second segment are not ready. I understand that, and of course, but I'm sure most of you would agree it's very likely that Dumba will not be returning, and I, I know. It just is what it is, kind of like Fiala last year. We kept thinking, I kept thinking, find a way to keep Fiala. Maybe, oh, yeah, well, his $5 million will come off the books, so that'll help. And then people were probably rolling their eyes like, yeah, no, Joey, it doesn't matter. It's still going to be an issue. So the, the other caps, <laughs> the other caps uh, situation is still going to be an issue. So it is what it is. It sucks. It sucks, and uh, Dumba's not worth $6 million either. Sorry. He, if I, whether he has 8 points right now, or 2, or or 10, he's not he's not $6 million. He's just not. Um, he's playing closer to that, but he's not. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what'll change. We know Bill Guerin loves him. Next game, next game, if humanly possible. The Anaheim Ducks. In the Minnesota Wild, most of this game, it felt like they're going to lose. The first period, sure, the Wild came up ahead, but after that, geez, it felt like the Wild were going to lose this game. It was really annoying. Uh, yeah, the, the the first period was fine. The first period was good. Kalen Nadison was able to score pretty early. Again, simply putting the puck on net and was able to score. Luckily for Drew Larkson-Eck and Marcus Foligno, uh, getting points there. Ryan Strom would tie it up. Connor DeWer, again, continuing to take a step up. I mean, he, he can move a bit on the ice. He's a good skater. He's gritty defensively against the wall and all that. He, he'll fight for the puck. Uh, he, he's a guy that is, you know, far and away. He's He's plain and simple, an NHL player. You will not see Connor DeWer in the AHL. And on that, you know, <laughs> unless circumstances like force it, like he's coming back from something, and I hope that doesn't happen. Oh, please don't get hurt. Please don't get hurt. And I, I don't even want to think about that. Connor DeWer, again, <laughs> you heard that was wood, right? Okay, Connor DeWer getting a second call, but this is just the beginning of his really nice week. Again, four points. It's not dominant, but it's good. You know, it's good. And his play, his overall play counts for something. It really does. Really appreciate Connor DeWer, Mason Shaw, Ryan Reeves all playing together. It's fun to watch. <laughs> it's fun to watch these guys playing together. Connor DeWer, Reeves, and Shaw. And, um, I don't know, again, Reeves getting his... That can't be his first assist, can it? Yeah, I guess it was. He did have two assists in this game, if I remember correctly. That can't be right. What? That can't be right. That can't be his first assist, can it? I guess it was. I'm yeah, because it was so long ago. I apologize. I'm confused. I thought he had an assist last in last show. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going crazy. I apologize. Okay, yeah, he has three assists, so... Yeah, I think he had one before that. That can't be right. He has three total assists. Um, 
Yeah, he's not been here that long, of course. He's had three games with Minnesota. And with the Rangers, he played... No, he had six games with Minnesota and 12 games, no points. And, of course, was buried, you know, like the 13th, 13th forward or like 14th, the way, the way things are going in New York. He wasn't going to play much, unfortunately. It just is what it is. Um, probably, probably, they probably shouldn't have signed him, but I mean, not, at least we were able to get him for a fifth round pick. Let's continue where I need to be. Again, a, a, a bit of a sloppy game. Again, nice first period. You felt good about it. Okay, you were only up by one, but by one in hockey is more than enough, obviously. You can win the game, obviously. Just shut them down if you can, hopefully. <laughs> Despite, again, like some off and on, like gaffes defensively where guys fall asleep for a second and then the other team was able to, whoever it is, Anaheim, Dallas, Calgary, are able to score on you, and even Edmonton. And again, Anaheim would take the advantage in that second period. They'd score both goals, Wild would get nothing. And frustration started to take over in this one. It just felt like Anaheim was the better team until Kirill Kaprizov tied it up late. And a Brett Hall type of goal, basically. Drew Larson Ekwad at his eighth. Uh, Kalen Addison, again, getting another assist. And Boldy, so really cool there. Nice group of guys, nice group of young players that we need for, for many years to come, hopefully. Will be a big part of things and continue to get better. Julek Sinek continues to get better. Again, like I say, he's on pace for you know, point numbers in the 70s. That's the kind of year he's having. He's taking steps forward. So you're, you're losing Ryan Hartman. He, he wasn't as good this year and all that. He lost, well, he well, you lost him in terms of injury with the shoulder, basically. Upper body, but it's a shoulder, we know. Um, but Julek Sinek has definitely stepped up in a big way. Um, losing Fiala was a huge thing. But again, at least somebody like a Julek Sinek has been adding more and more points than he had in previous years. He continues to take steps forward. Guys like, again, um, Connor DeWork, he continued to take steps forward. Mason Shaw has proven himself to be an NHL player. and he, He's been taking steps forward the whole time. He's arguably a better offensive player than Connor DeWork, and he has been. DeWork now has nine points in 24 games. Again, a four-point week for him. Shaw also, similar situation there. Uh, I believe he had a two-point week, but uh, 10 points in, tw- in 20 games. So he's on pace for... If it was a full season, 41 points, that's solid. That's pretty solid. He's 23 years of age, and he's been playing bottom six. Just imagine, you know, just imagine if somehow he was on, uh, uh, you know, second line for an extended period. I think Shaw could put the puck in the net even some more. But, again, he plays a complete game, and so does Connor DeWer. He's becoming more and more of a complete player. Shaw clearly is a guy that can score. He's a guy that can provide offense. As he definitely did that at every level he's played at so far, Shaw. And he's doing it at the NHL level in a limited role. But the good part about Shaw is he can, Shaw or Shawzy, he can play a limited role and still be a factor. He's not going to disappear off the face of the earth like like Tyson Jost, guys like that. Tyson Jost and unfortunately Marco Rossi so far. We'll see. Uh, Rossi luckily is a bit younger, quite a bit younger, so he'll he'll have time. He's got about three years uh, in, uh, in youth Versus Shaw. Shaw's got three years of development and unfortunately recovering from injuries in the past as well. Stay healthy, Shaw. We're hoping for the best. Um, he's been he's been wonderful. Honestly, Shaw's what he's like the sixth leading scorer on the team. It's pretty cool. <laughs> and, and he didn't even start up here in Minnesota. He got to be the captain in the AHL. Don't forget, he was the captain. And then it's like, NHL, go. <laughs> but yep, a sloppy, sloppy back and forth game. Troy Terry, and then again, Kaprizov with a Brett Hull, Hull-style goal. Releasing the shot, kind of going to the ground to get the shot up. He went down to get the shot up, basically. Get it up as high as possible, but into the net. And it was a beauty. Absolute beauty. And it was like, whoo, we, we just might get out of here with the win. 
oh man, we went to the shootout. Kaprizov did this snapshot like he always does. He is incredible in those in those shootouts. It, I mean, he is. <laughs> it's good to know too that star players, you know, because because there was such a time where you'd get like this quad A player. We all know what that means now. I hope. <laughs> and if it, you don't know, look it up. I guess quad A player, <laughs> fringe minor leaguer, is like one of the greatest shootout players ever. But he scores like one goal in fifty games, basically, right? And then star players would always like mess up, or they they they'd mess up, or they would they'd miss, or whatever the heck it would be, or they just get stopped by the, with a great save or something. But then you get Kaprizov, it just da, 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 like that, and it's just almost pretty much every time he is insane at it. And it's good to know that a star player is also a star player in the shootout. That's what makes the shootout more entertaining and more fun, rather than just a bleep fest. Watching the Eric Christensen's of the world be heroes in shootouts. When, you know, they're they're okay in the AHL. That's about it. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sorry. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but then again, uh, Matt Boldy also going five-hole with a nice little move to beat the Anaheim goaltender named John Gibson, who did face 49 shots. You know, I mean, it was a sloppy game. Gustafson gave up some goals, but he wasn't that bad. He faced 33 shots. The defense in front of him. I'm going to continue to say that. The play in front on a lot of these goals has not been helping the goaltenders. We've been setting them up to fail often. And occasionally, yeah, they'll give up a mediocre, softy kind of goal. Which, again, says Philip Gustafson and uh, and Marc-Andre Fleury are kind of sort of middle-of-the-road-ish this year. They're, they're kind of sort of middle-of-the-road at this stage. Gustafson, you know, he's hopefully going to continue to get better. He's taken a step up every year. He's he's been around, but not the big step, so to speak, to become a starter. Uh, and Flurry is, you know, he's taken steps back because he's gotten older and older and older. So it is what it is. <laughs> so, um, but luckily, uh, Minnesota Wild did did uh, well. They put the puck on the net several times on John Gibson. It's definitely an offensive-minded game for both clubs. You definitely could say that. Both teams are just kind of attacking, 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 killing all the chess pieces, so to speak, rather than being defensive-minded. And the Wild ended up winning in the shootout thanks to a five-hole play by Boldy and some good stops by Gustafson. So really appreciate that, only giving up one in that shootout. Let's continue. Fleury struggled a bit more versus Dallas in the next game. We're going to get to that right away. I better keep moving here. That clock is a ticking, and <laughs> it is what it is. Dallas Stars, Minnesota, go up <laughs> go up by four goals versus the Dallas Stars. This is in Dallas, by the way. And I will compliment the Dallas Stars on their, what do they call them, retro, <laughs> reverse retros. Minnesota North Star, reverse retro for the Minnesota Wild. I like it. You can hate it all you want. I like it. Unfortunately, some people just, it looks like the Packers. It looks like this. It looks like that. It looks like the North Stars. And the Seattle Supersonics look like the North Stars. And the Packers look like the North Stars, too. That's the way I look at it. It looks better. <laughs> Almost made me like the Packers for a little bit for a while. And then it's like, oh, wait, never mind. Once Packer fans show, showed how they are, it's like, okay, never mind. <laughs> that was way back in my early days of watching football, we'll say. Mark andre Fleury, again, the play in front of him didn't help. It really didn't. Um, Jake Ottinger struggled big time. The Minnesota Wild, again, scoring four goals on only 16 shots in Jake Ottinger. It was an offensive flurry, no pun intended on Mark andre as he was flurried as well, unfortunately. Sorry, Kirill Kaprizov, no surprise. Power play goal is 15th of the season. Connor DeWera, beautiful, just beautiful shorthanded goal. Mason Shaw uh, getting the puck away, or actually Connor DeWera did, and then Mason Shaw fed him back, basically. It was kind of a give-and-go type of deal. Connor DeWera, a beauty, a beautiful goal. Uh, just the move, 
the release on the shot, the momentum, everything. I just, you know, it, it was a goal scorer's goal right at the midpoint of the game to put the Wild up 2-1. to one. That'll be the game winner, right? No. Uh, no. <laughs> Long way to go, right? But it was a beautiful play. And the, the chemistry between Shaw and Dewey are awesome. The, the chemistry is awesome, anyway. Are awesome. <laughs> the chemistry is awesome between those two guys. It's been a beautiful thing. Jake Middleton was able to score again, putting the puck on net. That's how it is. Again, putting the puck on net, and it went in. I mean, you know, and again, again, Anger had one of his worst games in a while. He's a pretty good goalie. Greenway was able to get his first goal of the season from another big, big dude, Ryan Reeves. Not as tall, but big. Pretty big, hulky guy named Ryan Reeves. His third assist of the season. This was the two-assist game, so I apologize. I keep getting mixed up with other games, and I keep thinking I'm stuck in the past, so I apologize. This was the two-assist game. The Wild would go up 5-1, to one, and uh, after Jules Erickson Eck would make it 4-1 to one super early, or 5-1 to one super early in the third against the new goaltender there in Dallas and Scott Wedgwood, yep, who wouldn't give up another goal in the third period, but wound up coughing up the ghost in the uh, shootout, thankfully. <laughs> thankfully, as neither goalie stopped anything until the very last one. <laughs> Thank God, Flurry. Uh, but that was more of a miss, per se. Um, Suter and Reeves, there's definitely a thing going on there, and that's fine. Um, it is what it is. They, they, there was a bit of a thing going on in the past when Suter was on the Wild. Now he's on the North Star, Dallas Stars team, so to speak. Uh, they, you know, it's fond memories because, you know, I was still in my youth. I was still, what was I, like 12 years old when the North Stars went to the Cup Final. I was turning 12, basically. And, you know, they still had the green uniforms. Unfortunately, that was it for that. And then right after that, 92, 93, I became a teenager. And then they wore uniforms that looked like what they wore in this game. Similar. They didn't have that big, big uh, green stripe in the uh, shoulder area and down, down to the sleeves and such. Um, they didn't have that, but the, the, the Stars logo without Dallas above it, that was a fond memory for me. So back then, I, I didn't think about, why would they change the logo? I didn't think about it. I just thought it was a new logo. It was really cool. And back then, new stuff was always super exciting. It, some, for some people, it still is. <laughs> but again, in hindsight, seeing that the the classic North Stars logo go away is like the biggest mistake ever. But And of course, again, there was a, a very uh, <laughs> ominous uh, reason for that to happen. So unfortunately, little did I know. And <laughs> the rumors started swirling right after that, unfortunately. And then and then we all found out the hard way. So it sucked. Um, Dallas, again, we also found out the hard way that a, even a five-goal or, or five-to-one lead, a four-goal lead against the Dallas Stars isn't safe. As it, would, it would evaporate in a very short span, pretty much. Dallas Stars would score four goals in ten minutes, basically. Ten and a half, technically. Uh, the first two by Roop Hints and Jason Roberts. 23rd goal of the season. 23rd goal of the season. That is nuts. Early December here, and it's already that high. Um, that was within about 38 seconds, so Jiminy Christmas. Suddenly Dallas is back in the game. The most dangerous lead in hockey is two goals. Yes, it was dangerous. Mason Marchman and Rube Hintz again, who would get a hat-trick in this game, the son of a gun. Um, no, he didn't. Actually, he did. <laughs> nope, yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> nope, yes, nope, yes. No, I remember the hat seeing on the ground. Ninth, 10th, and 11th goal of the season. <laughs> I'm messing around with you. He did get it. I wanted to deny it, but he did. Unfortunately, he had four points in the game, three goals, and an assist on the Jason Robertson goal, who is actually scoring even more than Kirill Kaprizov so far. Luckily, the Wild do escape, and yes, obvious prediction, both players will score at least one goal in 
the game, and they did. Um, so you get to the shootout. Ruka Brizov snapshot goal just like that. Actually, it was Zuccarello first, and then I can't remember. It was one of the two. They both scored on their both. They both scored on their attempts, but unfortunately, Fleury got beaten both of his. Pavelski was one of them, and then uh, I believe I believe Rube Hintz was was <laughs> stopped actually on the last one. Uh, and then uh, Goudreau made the great made, made a great goal, so that was really cool. He actually made a really nice move. Goudreau's been pretty good in the shootout for the most part in the Wild Escape Dallas, despite giving up a four-goal lead. So thank God in heaven for that. Jeez, that felt good. <laughs> uh, and then you get to play Calgary two days later. You have a little rest after such a harsh game. You score two goals like right away. It's like, all right, here we go. Five-game win streak. Here we go. We got this. We're going to beat Calgary. They've been struggling. They've been disappointing all year. And and then and then and then and then things change very quickly. Quickly. Well, at least into the third, into the second period, they did right at right away in the second period. Nazim Kadri was able to finish off of uh, Elias Lindholm putting the puck on net on the power play. Lindholm from the point, putting the puck on net, and Nazim Kadri redirects tenth goal of Le Saison. Blake Coleman would score right away after that. Again, guys kind of falling asleep on that one. Tyler Toffoli, um, Tyler, Tyler Toffoli, pardon me, did screen uh, Marc-Andre Fleury on the Cadre goal a bit as well. He was a bit screened, couldn't see what was going on. Toffoli screened him. Cadre was able to redirect, and uh, it is what it is. It's that's, that's how the game is played. You just try to screen the goalie, distract him. He can't see the puck coming. Suddenly, Calgary, within three minutes or less, well, yeah, three and a half, literally three minutes into the second period, was ahead rather than down by two. So once again, the two-goal lead is what it is. And by the time the uh, Calgary Flames had built their two-goal lead, Tyler DeFoley's tenth, his second goal of the game, that was an empty netter, and it was kind of, kind of, sort of too little, too late. I mean, there's a, there's, there's a chance the Wild could come back, but unfortunately, we haven't been as great as we were last year uh, with the man advantage. The uh, John Merrill, again, simply putting the puck on net. Sean Dewey also able to pick up assists on that one and moving the puck around. And John Merrill able to get his first goal of the season, but kind of stunk most of the game defensively. He was on the ice for a lot of plays, a lot of goals for uh, Calgary. It wasn't a pretty game for John Merrill, I'd have to say. Real early, I should mention that the Krill Kaprizov goal, I didn't even talk about it. And Mason Shaw, that was a beauty from Connor DeWare. Again, continued great chemistry from those guys. Uh, the Krulka Kaprizov goal was one of the highlights of the game because Matt Dumba, again, putting the dumb bomb on net. And it was such a powerful dumb bomb, it, it snapped a Kirill Kaprizov stick on the redirect. And you saw that beautiful green stick on the ice, unfortunately broken. Hopefully he has the same one uh, around somewhere because it's a really cool look, and I'm sure he will. 17th goal of the season for Dumba, and again, Mason Shaw from Dewey, that was another great play, and Merrill, obviously, are also got an assist, so now he has six points on the season with that uh, goal. Believe it or not, John Merrill's actually been providing a little bit of offense, but defensively, I thought he's been generally pretty awful, and you'll hear a few complaints about him in the uh, fan interaction segment coming up very shortly. Not an overall pretty finish, not an overall pretty finish to a, a, a nice win streak, it's, it's too bad. It's a crying shame the way things kind of went downhill because uh, Rasmus Anderson would score what twelve seconds after they're just like okay we're well we're we're tied up everything will be okay now we're gonna do it now and then it's just like oh uh, never mind and that would be the game winner for the uh, Calgary Flames 
you thought maybe it would be kind of similar. Oh, we tied it up again, just like Anaheim or whoever. <laughs> Anaheim recently. We're going to be okay now. Now we're going to, if it comes to it, we'll, we'll beat them in the shootout or an OT or something. Maybe a dumb bomb on that and a win. Something like that. I believe Dumba Jazz beaten Calgary on a, you know, with an overtime goal before. He's from Calgary, is uh, Matt Dumba. At least he, I'm pretty sure. Yep, I mean, he's from around there. Obviously, that's been a long-known uh, story. That's where Matt Dumba came from. So, would be nice. And, well, <laughs> he looked good on the uh, with a dumb bomb on that and the snap stick by, or for Karoka Prisov. But, again, guys kind of falling asleep on the play. I don't know what was going on with Goudreau. He just kind of was like, da-da-da-da with the puck. And he just got... He just got manhandled. Like, yeah, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, well, I'll take that. And then basically Dallas scored right after that. Merrill was, like, looking the other way, practically. I don't know what was going on. Like, guys were just kind of gliding. It was terrible. Terrible. That was Anderson's fourth goal of the game. The fourth goal, or fourth, fourth goal of the season. And the fourth goal of the game. And the game winner, ultimately, for the Calgary Flames. That was crappy. And you kind of felt like the Wild were going to lose at that point. It's like, yeah, this just isn't ours. This just isn't our day. It stinks. Absolutely stinks. So the the <laughs> the win streak is over. It's unfortunate, but it kind of is what it is. The uh, Mike Madonna Award win for this episode is going to be Connor DeWer. Uh, four points. Not spectacular numbers, but I thought he had a wonderful week. Kirill Kaprizov could easily get it again. Honorable mention. I'm sure he's really, really excited about me giving him an honorable mention. But hey, every week he could pretty much get that. Uh, luckily, he's probably safe from a whole lot of uh, James Shepard memorials. But uh, <laughs> Kirill Kaprizov, uh, excuse me, Connor DeWer, I think he deserves it. Uh, obviously, wonderful play along the way. Steps forward. He's definitely an encouraging sign for the future of this franchise going forward. So... Not like a star player, but, you know, him and Mason Shark, two guys. I'm, I think the Wild are blessed to have, especially going into this cap crap, this cap crap, which we're in now. So, and it's going to go on for a bit longer, unfortunately. With that said, the James Shepard Memorial, Kirill Kaprizov, yeah, right. No, no way, no way, no way, Jose. Uh, I'm trying to think of individual players. You know, it might be John Merrill. He's put up some nice numbers. He did have two points in the game. I can't give it to Goligoski. Middleton, I don't think so. Addison's been generally good. He's had a, He had a nice, solid week. It's kind of been, I don't know, John Merrill kind of fell asleep. Uh, Goudreau, was, it was lame to see what, what happened there as well. Uh, Felino's not been scoring, things like that. Greenway had a nice game. Reeves, I'm not going to give it to him. He didn't screw anything up for us. He, he did fine. <laughs> Obviously, he's mostly just kind of the tough guy out there and a presence in the locker room. I guess it's John Merrill, despite, again, a multi-point game. That's really mean, isn't it? But, it's yeah, you scored points, but you kind of stunk out there, too. So, yeah, you had two points, but you were a minus two, or, but you were, a, you were a zero. So you gave up two goals in the game. You were on the ice for him, and they weren't good. They were killer, actually. So it's going to kind of be a semi-gentle one. John Merrill's not been all that hot defensively. Luckily for him, he's got six points on the season. With that, we'll take a quick break, and then segment number two jumps right at us.
And we are back here on Brave the Wild. Segment number two, we're going to preview four games and, of course, get into the prospects a bit and then send you off to that fan interaction segment. But first, let's hear from DraftKings. We are part of the Hockey Podcast Network, of course. I really didn't even mention that at the beginning. Usually, often I do. The Hockey Podcast Network, really proud to be a part of that. So let's hear from our sponsor, DraftKings. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN, that's the Hockey Podcast Network, wet network, pardon me, (laughs) minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. There will be the disclaimer in there. So thank you. Thank you, DraftKings, and thank you to the Hockey Podcast Network, Dylan and Kyle, awesome guys coming out of the Vancouver area in British Columbia. British Columbia, A, eh? we'll be playing them and previewing that show, uh, pre- previewing that game in next week's show. Edmonton and Vancouver will be a back to back. Ooh, ooh. So, actually, that is this week's show. <laughs> we'll be previewing them right now. Yeah. <laughs> what am I looking at? The Wild will actually be playing Edmonton twice, so it's kind of like a two for one sale. And the Detroit Red Wings on Wednesday. This will continue to roll here. Still trying to battle. Still still battling this cough a little bit. It's kind of weird, but everything else is pretty much better. Edmonton spoilers. Hopefully they're not going to spoil too much here. Minnesota Wild need to get the win. This one's in Rogers' place. Rogers, 8 p.m., so a mountain time zone, of course. 8 p.m., which I like these later games oftentimes. Jonas Rodin, lower body injury. Again, still coming back. Might be back for this game, from what I've heard. Brandon DeHame, upper body injury, left the game on the 23rd. Jonas Rodin was on the 29th. And way, way back on October 30th, Ryan Hartman with that shoulder. Jeez. Um, the uh, Edmonton Oilers, Zach Hyman, who actually scored, or actually had, uh, had assists on one of the goals versus Edmonton. Undisclosed injury is of the 5th of December. Ryan McLeod, undisclosed injury is the 27th of November. Undisclosed, undisclosed, undisclosed. Okay. What, why the mystery, guys? What's going on here? What's going on? Warren Fogel. Warren Fogel. Undisclosed injury, November the 22nd. Really? Well, my, 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 Edmonton. You have some explaining to do. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, Minnesota Wild are 21st in goals. Edmonton is 4th. And this will kind of be, again, talking about Minnesota and Edmonton with both games. So we're going to kind of jump around here. Well, let's just, yeah, I'll get back to where I need to be here. Uh, Goals against Minnesota's 12th somehow. Again, I mean, occasionally, I mean, our goaltending's been fine, and when our defense is locked in, it's really good. It's just then we have these weird gaffes. Edmonton's 25th. They give up a ton, but they score a lot. Um, Power play, Minnesota's 11th. Edmonton is second. Second. Pretty good when you have Probably, you know, like two of the top five players in the league. It helps. Two of the top five forwards, so to speak, center. Uh, penalty kill, 11th for Minnesota. I'm kind of surprised, actually. It has been better. Boy, it started off putrid. So we're 11th and 11th. That's not bad. So we, you know, we overall have the 11th best pen, uh, special teams. 28th on the penalty kill for Edmonton. So 
All right, let's keep that 11th power play moving forward into the single digits, huh? 30th in penalty minutes is Minnesota. We stink at that still, and that's what helped cost the Wild the game versus the Calgary Flames, which, yeah, that was one of the other reasons the Wild lost that game. Just an absolute mess, a sloppy performance, and guys falling asleep. Edmonton's right in the middle, 15th, basically, slightly above the middle, as uh, they're reasonably good about staying out of the box. Edmonton, okay, so the Wild did beat Edmonton 5-3 on Thursday, December the 1st. So, the, again, the Hyman injury happened a few days later, Friday, December the 9th. Then we wrap up the three-game season series of the Pacific Division's Edmonton Oilers back at the X on Monday the 12th, which we will also be previewing now, basically. Edmonton is 3-2 and two in their last five. Maybe the Wild will sweep the season series. We'll see. <laughs> Maybe. might It might add up that way. We'll see. Chicago, yeah, yeah. If, if it's the way it's been going, the pattern. Chicago, the, let's see. They beat Chicago 5-4 to four in Chicago. They lost at Minnesota 5-3. to three. They beat Montreal 5-3 to three at home, uh, you know, in Edmonton. Uh, hosted Washington, lost to them 3-2. to two. Hosted Arizona, crushed them 8-2. to 8-2 to two on December the 7th. And I'll play the Wild tonight, so that could mean loss. And then maybe a game in between and another loss if the pattern continues. Ah, maybe, maybe. I'm, I'm hoping for that. I like the way the Wild have played Edmonton the last couple of years, for the most part. I mean, the, at times Edmonton can just come out and tear you to pieces, too, like they did to Calgary last year in the playoffs, which I'm sure pissed off a lot of Flames fans like you wouldn't believe, because that's like losing to the Packers to them. It's it's a Packers and Minnesota type of rivalry there. <laughs> it really is. Um unfortunately for the Vikings, both Calgary and Edmonton at least have a cup. Edmonton has, what, five? And the Flames have one, at least. One's better than none. Poor Vikings, unfortunately. Um, how is this going to go? I I think the Wild win. I think we break out of the... Uh, hopefully Minnesota It's another similar 5-3 to three type of game, maybe 4-2, to two, kind of batting down the hatches a tiny bit. Minnesota somehow keeps Edmonton to two. Let's say 4-3. to three. I'm not comfortable saying Edmonton's only going to get two goals. That'd be very surprising. Uh, again, uh, Jack Campbell's not been good. Will it be Skinner? Possibly, because he, he's not on the injured list. So Skinner was, was not has not been playing the last couple of games, and Campbell's been disappointing. He's been a disappointing signing for Edmonton. But again, the play in front of him, just like at times when Minnesota coughs up a bunch of goals, the play in front hasn't been helpful either. We're similar a little bit, a little bit, not really. We have one of the we have one of the star players. We don't have two like Edmonton does, but then after that, it's you know it's okay. Um, I should mention Flurry deserves a ton of credit on a beautiful stop on Ryan Nugent Hopkins in the last game. So lots of Edmonton, and then unfortunately we won't see them again after uh, after Monday. That kind of sucks unless it's in the postseason. I do think the Wild win this one in Rogers' place, but then again, maybe if we do lose one, it'll be there. The Wild have been generally good on the road. Uh, it's an Alberta two-step here with Calgary and then Edmonton in Alberta. <sighs> I'm going to step out in faith. I think the Wild are going to sweep this season series. I, I think so. I just like the matchup. 4-2 to two win for Minnesota. Uh, Kalen Addison will score in this one, I believe. Yep, I'm going to go, yeah, Kalen Addison, 4-2 to two win for Minnesota. I better keep moving here. <sighs> I read off some of the numbers, of course. Yeah, I mean, then Stuart Skinner, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe he'll get a win for Edmonton. He's been good. 90, 91.5 save percentage. Uh, McDavid's already got 52 points. 52. 52 and 24 goals. Drysaddle, 44 points and 18 goals. So that's important. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, 30. 30 points, 13 goals. So 
Hopkins, give him credit, too. He's been very, 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 very good. 17 assists. That's nothing to sneeze at. You know, it helps when you have good players around you. But, well, of course. Of course. You know, I mean, it, it is what it is. And Evander Kane, of course, again, he'd been playing super well. And he'd been a huge addition to Edmonton before his wrist got skated on. Yeah, that's one of the scariest things you could imagine. But, huh, I mean, what can you do, right? Minnesota wins 4-2. to I babbled enough about that. Next game is the Vancouver Canucks. <coughs> Pardon me. It's a back-to-back. This could be a tough one. I, I want to believe the Wild can win this one. This is in British Columbia, I believe, right? So that can't be easy. Why did I click on that? I just messed the whole thing up. I thought I clicked on the game. Yeah, it's in British Columbia. So you're just moving a little more west. So, yeah, this one's in... Uh, yeah, this one's in Vancouver. <laughs> Uh, Dakota Joshua, undisclosed injury on the 12th of December. Thatcher Demko left the game on the 1st. Interesting. Thatcher Demko, huh? But maybe he'll be back. I don't know. Undisclosed, maybe it's serious. Who knows? Tanner Pearson had a hand injury and left the game on the 11th. Uh, excuse me, on the 9th of um, November. Vancouver's been playing better. They're kind of hanging around the wild card range, so good for them, for Bruce Brudeau and all that. They're kind of hanging around, basically. Minnesota had a bit of a back-and-forth battle that went to OT in the Wild, emerged victorious uh, back on Thursday, October 20th. It was a much-needed win. And then the Wild, uh, again, head to Vancouver. That one was in the X, head to Vancouver on the 10th of December, and then faced Vancouver in Vancouver again on March the 2nd. So Vancouver's on a three-game win streak. Good for them. They lost two in a row, five to one losses to Washington and Florida, both in Vancouver. And then three to two in versus Arizona, seven to six. Ugh, win versus <laughs> versus Montreal. And then they beat San Jose in San Jose, six to five. Now they're scoring goals like madmen. Uh, Brock Besser was scratched recently. Brock Besser scratched recently. Really, a lot of people looked at Brock Besser like uh, one of like a future star player, but not a superstar, but a really good player. It's weird. Elias uh, Elias Elias Pedersen has been uh, wonderful. Again, a guy I'd love to have in Minnesota, but good luck with that. 25 assists for Quinn Hughes. No no goals. It's funny. He has more assists than games played. Wow. Quinn Hughes, though, power play machine. Everybody loves what he can do. Oliver ekman Larson, I believe he used to be on the uh, Arizona Coyotes. Again, nice, you know, solid player. Luke Shen, former St. Louis Blue. Eight points in 27 games. Bo Horvat has been wonderful all year. 20 goals, 20 goals. Needs to pick up the assist a little bit. <laughs> then he'd be a bona fide superstar this year. 29 points in 27 games. JT Miller also been a nice addition for Vancouver, generally speaking, from the Rangers. But, uh, you know, they're just kind of a fringe team, though. Um, they're a fringe team. They can be a pain in the butt to deal with. It's a winnable game, but certainly not going to be that easy. I think Vancouver wins this one, unfortunately. I think the Vancouver Canucks beat the Wild 4-3, to something like that. Four to three, four to two, four to three. Maybe it's an overtime type of situation, a shootout, or just flat out overtime. But I think the Canucks beat the Wild, unfortunately. Bruce Boudreau gets his revenge, woo, right? But I, yeah, that's what I think, unfortunately. And the um, the most likely guy to score in this one is going to be Matt Boldy. He'll score, but unfortunately, the Wild lose four to three to the Canucks. Again, I think the offense is going to be up, and the defense won't be all that great. I'm not convinced the Wild have uh, righted the ship just yet. Uh, the Wild do play Edmonton again. I think the Wild sweep the season series. Let's say <laughs> let's say a 5-3 to three win for Minnesota. Kirill Kaprizov will score in that one. 
Detroit Hockey. Detroit Red Wings, yeah, 13 and 7 and 5. <laughs> five. Five of those are just a point. That's kind of funny. But third place in the Atlantic Division, which makes them a division uh, leader. Congratulations, Detroit. Turning things around. Stevie I, Stevie Y, Steve Iserman, and all that. Great job he did with the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, building Stanley Cup teams and leaving, unfortunately, and going to Detroit and maybe building Stanley Cup teams. So we'll see. We shall see. They're kind of mediocre in a lot of stats, except one one here, number one in the whole league. We'll get to that right now. Seventeenth uh, in goals, tenth in goals against, nineteenth in the power play, fifteenth in the penalty kill, number one, number one in the entire league at staying out of the box. That's good. Number one in discipline, only 177 penalty minutes. Nice, very nice. Huso uh, was hurt earlier, but he's back now. Eleven and four record, two point five four goals against average. Not bad. And then the backup, Nedla Jovich, whatever his name is, Alex, Alex Ned, we'll just call him, Ned Flanders, with uh, four goals against 88 goals against, uh, 88 save percentage, pardon me. Three shoutouts for Villahuzo, the former uh, St. Louis Blue. They could use him right now. They could use him because uh, the other guy, yeah, bringing, uh, I don't know, the other guy who brought them Stanley Cup <laughs> has been disappointing. Uh, he saved the saved the playoff series versus Minnesota, but he's been a big disappointment ever since. He's been kind of up and down, hasn't he, over there in St. Louis? But uh, Billy Husso, nice addition for Detroit. The minute they got him, I'm like, you know what? You know, you could kind of sense they're getting closer and closer and closer to getting back in the mix again, becoming a a, a, a good team. This one will be on national television, TNT. Cool. TNT. Detroit's actually got a better record than Minnesota, which was a very, very familiar thing back in the day. <laughs> All the time when Detroit was a dominant team in the NHL. In the Western Conference and then the Eastern Conference. <laughs> As they were like the Milwaukee Brewers and Houston Astros changing sides and stuff. <laughs> Detroit. I'm, I always thought Seattle would wind up in the uh, Eastern. Well, no, no, not Seattle. I don't even know who I'm thinking about anymore. Seattle's not going to the Eastern Conference. Maybe the Prince of Wales, not the Eastern Conference. Yeah, that's one of the dumbest things I ever said in my whole entire life. Tyler Bertuzzi, I'm leaving it in there so you can laugh at me. Tyler Bertuzzi <laughs> left the game with a wrist injury, so at least they said what it is in this one. They're not calling everything undisclosed, but we'll get back to that here. <laughs> 11.30, that would be November the 30th, of course. Undisclosed injury for Gustav uh, Lindstrom. Uh, undisclosed on the 14th of November. And Elmer Soderblom. On the 10th of November, lower body. We know Minnesota's situation there. Again, this is to be this is the season finale, of course, because it's the Eastern Conference team. Detroit beat the Wild two to one. Huso was pretty damn deadly in that game. He was good. Wild just couldn't get anything going on the 29th of October. This might end up being a 500 week, ladies and gentlemen. Luckily, this is a home game, so there's a chance Minnesota emerges victorious against a nice Detroit team now. That's the hope I have. The Wild can protect home ice. You could argue the Wild have been a bit better on the road this year. They've actually been good on the road lately, generally speaking. But Detroit, I don't know. I mean, it's a it's a dangerous one. I'd have to say Detroit is a dangerous matchup, so to speak, uh, going against the Minnesota Wild. I'm going to see the home and away here. I apologize. Yeah, the Wild are 6-4-1 at home, 6-4-0 on the road. So we're basically... Uh, right about the same here. Interesting. <laughs> so, yeah. Yep. That's weird. 
Yeah, but yeah, but then of course the reason lost to Calgary, who would be in the playoffs right now with the eighth, uh, basically the eighth seed to play Vegas division rival there. Interesting, interesting. Um, yeah, so we'll leave that as is. Boston's the favorite to win the Stanley Cup. They've only lost three games this year. They, have, they actually even have more points. Uh, well, they're tied with New Jersey, Boston, New Jersey. Kind of cool, New Jersey. What a story. Oof. What a story. Vegas hasn't been as good lately. They've kind of been closer to 500 the past week or so. So, two weeks. Interesting. But New Jersey and Boston, Germany. Detroit, Dylan Larkin. Yep, love to have him, but can't. Unfortunately, 26 points, 9 goals, 17 assists. Dominic Kubalik, 10 goals, 15 assists, and 25 points. Philip Hornick. Chronic, chronic, pardon me, with uh, 24 points, 18 assists. Um, nice, solid team, well put together. Lucas Raymond, Andrew Kopp, guys like that. Oscar Sundqvist, he's, he's okay, right? <laughs> There's something there. Uh, of course, a couple guys hurt, like I mentioned, but welcome to sports uh, and hockey in general. So I, I got a crappy feeling it's going to be like 3-2, to 2-1 two, two to one type of deal, maybe 3-1 to one with an empty net. I hope the Wild do more than one goal this time, but I got a feeling this thing. Maybe it gets to, maybe it's an overtime type of situation, but Detroit wins three to two, we'll say, over the Minnesota Wild, and um, I believe Dumba will score a goal in the game. But the Minnesota Wild do not win, unfortunately. Minnesota Wild do not win. Unfortunately, we'll say Mason Shaw scores against Detroit. I'm just feeling Mason Shaw looking at this one. Mason Shaw will score, but the Wild do not win. Three to two loss versus the Detroit Red Wings. With that, it's time to kind of dig around and look at the uh, prospects if humanly possible. Mad Bull is not one of them anymore. I bounce around here. I apologize. Let's get to the Iowa Wild to open things up. They were shut out recently pretty badly. Was it seven nothing? That was ridiculous. Another loss recently, but. Uh, Samuel Walker continues to rack up the points. 11 goals, 11 assists, 22 points. He's been wonderful. Samuel, Sammy Walker, not Samuel. That's how I say it here, which is funny. Adam Beckman's been kind of picking it up a little bit. Now he's at like two-thirds of a goal per game, if that makes sense. So like 50-some points, basically, if it was an 82-game season. <laughs> uh, Marco Rossi, red-hot start. He's been quiet ever since. Still stuck at four points now in five games at the AHL level. Again, he had but three points in his first game, first period, if I remember correctly. Since then, not so much. Damon Hunt's been quietly chipping away, and um, more very recently in the 5-2 loss, uh, Ryan O'Rourke got his third assist, so nice to see that. That was one of the two, in one of the two goals anyway. But, uh, yep, Damon Hunt's been chipping away five points in 21 games. One of them are, is a goal. So good for him. But it's mostly been the Sammy Walker show. Joe Hicketts has been good. Beckman's been, again, chipping away, chipping away. Nick Sweeney's been missing games, unfortunately. He's been out seven games now, unfortunately. He hasn't played in a while. Sam and Johansson also. Uh, Sam and Johansson had his first goal. He's now at six six total points in 21 games. So he's picking it up a little bit as well. Sam and Johansson, again, the uh, former draft pick in the same same draft as Philip Johansson, of course, the uh, original Paul Fenton draft. He was, what, a fifth-round pick out of Stockholm, Sweden. We'll see. At least he's here in the AHL, and you never know. You never know. But uh, there's a million defensemen, obviously, in the Minnesota Wild system. He's got a lot of 
He's got an uphill climb to get to the NHL, and so does basically everybody else right now. They all have to earn it, of course. Ryan O'Rourke is a ways away, unfortunately. There's just not a whole lot to brag about yet. Same with Damon Hunt. There's something there, but there's 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 youth, there's they're raw, this and that, so kinda is what it is. O'Rourke's only twenty, Hunt is twenty, Rossi's twenty, <laughs> Milne's they say he's nineteen, but he's actually twenty. This is incorrect. I don't know why the heck that's saying that. You go to his actual file, he's twenty. So and that's why he's eligible to be in the AHL instead of the, the junior league. So time running's been okay, half a point a game, but again, I, Iowa's been just kind of adequate most of the year. McIntyre got beat up pretty good recently, which is unfortunate. He gave up five goals. Goals against average is just under three now. Save percentage at 90.7. Jesper, excuse me, Jester Volstadt, if I ever, Jes, <laughs> Jesper Volstadt, 3.25 goals against average. Save percentage, 89.5. So it's going to be a while. It's going to be a while. We all, we all have to be patient. Unfortunately, it is what it is. It's going to be a while since uh, or until Jesper Volstead is NHL ready. But uh, obviously the potential's there. You saw plays. You saw him flash a bit in those prospect camps. Looked incredible. A uh, lot to look forward to there. There's no doubt. There is no doubt. <laughs> Guys like Ugrin, Yurov, still kind of raw in their leagues. But uh, coming around slowly but surely. Kind of a slow burn, as you'd like to say, for the Euro players. So far in the... Uh, the IF, they call it. I guess the Desjardins IF. Hockey Aleph, I can't even pronounce it. Alone, <laughs> 10, uh, 10 points, 6 goals, 4 assists so far in 24 games. So, again, you know, obviously they're super duper young. It kind of, you know, you can't expect all too much just yet. It it, it kind of is what it is at the end of the day. Danila Yurov, also again a super young guy. Still developing, but he had some KHL action. He's been in the MHL lately. Uh, looks like he's been back up in the KHL because only five games now. Still, five games still in the MHL. He's got nine points in 30, 36 games for the KHL so far. So, again, kind of slow out of the gate, and it, and it feels like he's missed a few games, unfortunately, as well. So, that's kind of how it goes there. Kind of in and out. Guys miss games. It is what it is. You know what I mean? What, <laughs> what are you going to do? Merit Huznadinov. Now, 22 points. Yeah, he's been picking up a bit. He is taking a step forward, and I keep saying that. Sounds like a broken record, but that's a good broken record. I love being able to say, he's been taking steps forward. He's been taking steps forward. Connor DeWer, Mason Shaw, Merit Kuznadinov. Beautiful, beautiful. 22 points, 7 goals, 15 assists in 39 games in the KHL at age 20. That's good. That's good. Plus 10 also. He's a plus 10. In the KHL, folks, that's that's a real league. That's a real thing. So <laughs> that's the absolute professional Russian hockey league, and it's probably the second best professional hockey league there is. People say the AHL is. I think the KHL is. I I really do. <laughs> Kaprizov was scoring what sixty points in the KHL. Could you imagine what he would do in the AHL? I bet he would add hundred and thirty. I'm not kidding. He would, have, he would have been Le, uh, Mario Lemieux, basically. So, it would have been something. Um, but, well, we'll move on from that now. Novak, Novak, of course, still recovering from the whole... Yep, he's fully recovered, but you know how that goes. He's, you know, it takes time. takes time for him to kind of get back into the swing of things, unfortunately. So, it sucks. It, it really does. Uh, so, feel for him. And 
can't wait to see him back. He was very a very encouraging piece uh, at the end of the day. So now we'll kind of bounce around with juniors and college players here. Hunter Hate, Hunter the Hater. No, actually, let's go to, to 20, uh, 2021 first. We talked about 2020. They're all in the K, uh, either in the KHL or the AHL at this point. And NHL for a second for Marco Rossi for a little bit. Nate Benoit, nine points in 20 games, two goals, seven assists. He's a plus, uh, no, he's a minus 12, so that's unfortunate for the Omaha Lancers. I don't think that team's playing well this year either, though. Um, Josh Pilar, Saskatoon Blades, 12 points in 12 games. So, unfortunately, again, missing time there. So that's kind of how that goes. But a, a point a game. Kyle Masters, 24 games in the WHL Gritty League. But um, Kyle Masters is a right-shot defenseman with 22 points. Again, it's the juniors, but still, major step forward from last year. And I, I said it again, major step forward from last year. I, I can say it forever again. So I, I repeat myself with that, but it's a good thing. I, I love repeating myself about positive things once in a while. Instead of being Mr. Curmudgeon, which I normally am, <laughs> I can be quite a curmudgeon. I, don't, I, I feel bad when I do that. Kadian Bankier is now just one goal away from last season in a 68-game stretch where he's only played in 24 so far this year. So, huge step forward for Kadian Bankier. Unfortunately, his, his assist numbers have been down, but hey, if you're scoring goals, great. I'm sure the assists will come. 33 points in 24 games, major step forward again. But 18 to 19 is a difference. There's no doubt about that. Jack Pert, power play quarterback for the, and he, he was a wonderful player, player of the week for Amadolia Prospects, or at least top candidate for it, finalist. Uh, two goals, 12 assists, 14 points. He's been phenomenal now. He had five assists the past week. Five assists the past week. Um, massive step forward. He had a slow start to the season, but now he's just blazing. And he's a plus 11 for St. Cloud State. Jack Pert, sophomore. A sophomore at 19 years of age out of Grand Rapids, Minnesota, not Michigan, which is kind of fun. It's fun when it's like the same city name. Would you believe there's a New York, Minnesota? There's a New York, Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> really interesting. Um, but no, almost, but just, just three points behind last year's pace and uh, behind last year's total, not pace. He, he's ahead of last year's pace, no doubt. He's played half of the amount of games so far. Yes, we're about the midpoint. We're about getting to Christmas here. We're, we're almost in Christmas. So about halfway to go, or halfway through so far for Jack Pert. Woo! He was a second-round pick, so there is some hope. And he was Hockey Minnesota, too. So, Mr. Hockey Minnesota. Carson Lambos, only 23 games, 21 points. He always misses time, damn it. Um, so, that sucks. I believe he just came back. So, welcome back, Carson Lambos. He missed a pl- he missed games. He doing plus 23. He was a plus 42 last year, but he'll have plenty of time to get that up. Wallstedt, we already... Wallstedt, we already talked about him. Wallstedt, I talked about Ugrin and Yurov. But because they're over in Europe, so now we can get to the juniors and college players. Hunter Hate, Hunter Hate, eight points in. Okay, I see what's going on. Yeah, yeah, he was traded from the Barry Colts to the Saginaw Spirit, and just boom, nuke, a nuclear bomb went off in three games. Eight points in three games. He had nine points in twenty games for the Barry Colts. The Colts were a minus 14. Or he was a minus 14 with that team anyway. Another down year for them. They're, they're up and down. They're all over the place. In the Saginaw spirit, Kablooey, three goals and five assists. And only a plus one? <laughs> okay. Okay. Only a plus one? Really? Well, eight points in, in three games. That's really impressive. So we'll see what 
Mr. Haight does. Again, I always talk about he's extremely young. Yeah, he doesn't turn 19 until April 4th. And he's the third youngest guy. Who would you believe it? Rigger Lorenz is a month younger? That's right. Nope, this is a different one. He's a week older. Ooh, a week. <laughs> he's a week older. University of Denver, three points so far. And he's a left wing, so probably not getting a whole lot of action there so far, unfortunately. Three points in 14 games. One of them is goal. A goal, anyway. Michael Milne, he's the old one. He's the old guy. He's ancient, 20 years of age as of September. Again, that's why he's AHL eligible. I've said that 50 times already. He's, you know, again, raw and, I don't know, three points in 11 games isn't blowing anybody's socks off. Ryan Healy, there's the one that's about, um, yeah, he's about five weeks younger than Hunter Hitt. Hunter Hitt, and he's been solid for the for Harvard University, five points. But, yeah, and he's a right-shot defenseman like everybody else. He's a right-shot defenseman. He's a right-shot defenseman. Carson Lambos left shot? Oh, wow. That's that's rare now all of a sudden. No, there's like a billion left shots normally, but not not in this team. We, we really wanted to adjust because we had like no right shots. Now we have a lot. But let's see somebody get to the NHL now, damn it. One of these days. One of these days. <laughs> Harvard University, of course. They've won a national title before and against the Gophers in 1989, which I'm still bitter about a little bit. A little bit, not really. Um, I often cheer for them in the tournament, actually, because <laughs> I don't want to see Denver win. I hate them. I hate Denver. I don't want Michigan to win. Ugh, I don't want North Dakota. If you're cheering for those teams over the Quinnipiacs and Harvards because you don't like East the East Coast or something, I don't know, you'd, you'd rather cheer for your rivals and teams that have driven you hell forever? No. No. <laughs> okay, okay, five points for Harvard, Ryan Healy. He's a defenseman, by the way, as well. Has a nice shot and is... Definitely a good player. David Spacek in the queue. 23 points in 26 games. He has 17 assists at the junior level. Pretty cool. Pretty cool start to his young career out of... Uh, yep, he's Czech, right? Oh, no. Well, he is Czech, his dad, but it's Columbus. Yeah, Columbus. So, yep, he was born in Columbus because his dad played for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yes. Owen Sound, and there's Slovakia. That's the other side of the... the for the former country that's split in half, unfortunately. Uh, it is what it is. 24 points in 24 games. Nice start to his uh, junior career. A step ahead of last year again, like I keep saying. I keep saying it, but that's good. Uh, he was a sixth-round pick for Minnesota in 2022. Petrovsky, he's a nice, interesting one. That might end up being something. And his name's been brought up a bit. As, you know, he might be that one of those nice dark horses that really makes it all the way. We'll see. Why the heck not? You want all these guys to make it, but of course, we all know. We all know the truth. Take a look at every every team. There's, <laughs> you're lucky to get a third, a third of the players to play in the NHL. So it is what it is. They either decide to stay elsewhere or they just aren't good enough. Or they wind up going elsewhere to make a living. You know, they have to make a living, right? Just like we all do. So it is what it is with that. Uh, that should wrap up the... the uh, prospect conversation for the time being we'll come back after a break for fan interaction back here on Brave the Wild, segment number three, fan interaction segment at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild is 
the place to go. I think I have everything ready to roll, I believe. Looks like it. There's a comment, a response to something right away here. Uh, Scott Forner was saying, I think there's, yeah, I think there was a problem with Apple Podcasts. The show <laughs> that downloaded was only about three seconds long, FYI. Yeah, it was that soundbite. Yeah, so I'm really sorry. It was the soundbite that I included in the podcast. I clicked on the soundbite instead of the show. So that was real smart, right? I'm really sorry. So I that was stupid. It's like, uh, uh, I, yeah, I hate when I do stuff like that. And then I tried to reload it in the same feed, and that didn't do anything. Like, you try to reload it. So I had to kill the feed, re- not the whole feed, but kill the actual, you know, episode and redo it. And then it worked. Yes! Yes! So it was about two hours late or an hour and a half late. That was kind of annoying. And I'm really sorry, Scott, and others out there that were like, what's this? What is this? And, yeah, shows like KF- or, yeah, uh, stations like KFAN do that kind of crap all the time, which is funny because, yeah, I mean... They could probably get paid a hell of a lot more than I do, unless it's some intern, but, uh, yeah, but still, I shouldn't have, yeah, I pride myself on not doing stupid things like that, and I did it, so I apologize deeply to everybody, um, yeah, it, it doesn't make me look good, let me tell you, so it's kind of embarrassing, makes me look like a dope, so we'll continue, Brian Herrera. Brian Herrera, and yes, this one did get in the show, because maybe we were thinking, oh shoot, this was like right as I released the show and everything, it's too late. Nope, nope, it's not too late. As long as I hashtag BGWMN for the last episode, everything can be in order, so anything after the show is released will still get on the the next show, so to speak, and this is that next show. Brian Herrera says, and again, please hashtag everything BTWMN, as Derek will recommend you as well. Brian Herrera says, I'm one of those who hates the wild wearing North Star colors. It's like dressing your current wife in your ex's style, plus Packer colors are ugly. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I guess I just don't see it that way. <laughs> and more, I don't know. I, maybe, I don't know if it's the age group, but then again, some people that saw the North Star still feel that way, and yes, that'd be like an ex leaving you and everything. Uh, you know, it would probably be worse if, say, if the Wild wore what the Dallas Stars wore uh, in, the, in, the, in the recent game, you know, the the epic battle back and forth that was 5-1 to one, and ended up being 5-5, five and five, and then guys like, uh, well, everybody scored in the shootout, right? Everybody was, <laughs> it was uh, Zuccarillo, Kaprizov, and then Goudreau with the beauty, like I talked about in the last segment. Um, everybody scored, <laughs> except the last guy for Dallas. Um, it'd be like if we wore those in a lot of ways, in my opinion, because that's what they wore at the last minute, so to speak, because... When they were green, especially in that age, that was way before Norm Green's era, when, before they had that little black stripe. And even the black stripe came up circa like 87-ish, I think it was. Was was it about that? About 87-ish? So, I don't know. I just don't see it that way. I don't know. And Packer colors, the sad, I won't even, I probably shouldn't even get into it. It almost made me, it almost made me like the Packers for a little while. That's some. That's so, I saw it almost like the polar opposite in a way. Like, I like the North Stars so much, it almost made me like the Packers a little bit. And then it's like, okay, no, I don't like the Packers. Once you start seeing the way Packer fans fans behave, it's like, okay, no, no. Like, they're always up in your face and taunting you about everything. Then it's like, okay, never mind. <laughs> so, <laughs> don't hate the Packers and all that. Um, I don't know. I like the color scheme. I Both are fine. I think both are fine. Honestly, and look at the Brave the Wild logo. It's kind of both, right? Isn't it? It's got that Christmas color green and then the, the gold, the North Star gold. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? And that's probably, or that's not even necessarily what uh, Pavel Bennett was going for. 
it just kind of happened that way and i was just like oh man that is awesome because you could have easily made it red like that red color like um yeah see that gold i i suppose that gold is in the original wild logo and everything you know with the sun and everything so he kind of added the sun color to brave and the sun color and all that but it's still kind of a north star gold in a sense i don't know maybe i'm crazy but uh we can we can agree to disagree. We're certainly not enemies. I absolutely love Brian Herrera. <laughs> we can agree to disagree on that one. It kind of is what it is. <laughs> it's just a mixed opinion thing, right? Like I like Pac-Man. You don't like Pac-Man or whatever. Like on Atari, you know, like Pac-Man Atari. Maybe some people think it's a classic memory, and other people are like, "Dude, that's the worst Pac-Man port of all time." Check out Video Game Flashback. By the way, brand new podcast came out with Combat. Come on, combat, guys. Combat, the first Atari game. Ooh, 1977, baby. But then, uh, yeah, obviously we're going to go all the way from about that era up to PS1. Anyhow, but yeah, video game flashback. Check that out on the same, most of the same apps out there, iHeartRadio and Apple and Google and all them. Spotify, of course, that's the feature presentation for most of these. It just is, even though Apple's, you know, the main podcast uh, app, and I tend to use that one the most myself, even though I'm an Android guy, I have used iPods, so to speak, so to speak, like old iPhones that are iPods now. Sorry, I'm babbling too much. I said, uh, hope everything worked out today. I basically screwed up twice loading the show this morning. Third time's a charm, or so I hope, and I, I think so. Uh, Derek responds with, I listened to it at school and finished it at home. I agree with you. I'd love to see a color switch. Yeah, there we go. To hell with the Christmas colors. <laughs> but I agree, it's probably it probably won't happen, even though it would be a major improvement. No one thought of the North Stars as Packer colors either. Yeah, see, I agree with that. I, I never saw them as Packer colors. I saw the Packers as North Star colors. What do you think of that? That, that, you know, people that would say that, you know, say it's a uh, Packer colors. Because let me... Let me tell you, I was a little bit late to the party when it came to the NFL. I was late. That's the that's the sport I started started watching the latest. I started watching it about thirty years ago at age thirteen, so I'm forty three. Do the math. I was really late, honestly. I I mean, I watched it casually in the late eighties, casually off and on, especially the eighty seven NFC title game, which unfortunately was you know. Yeah, another. it's either a blowout or a heartbreak, basically, when it comes to NFC Championship games, right? It was a heartbreak. Huge. Um, and I hate the Redskins, by the way, or the whatever they are now. But I actually kind of like the Commanders this year, tie a little bit, after the Vikings survived that obnoxious game. Um, but no, I don't see it as Packer colors either. No, bottom line. I really don't. I see it as North Star colors. I, that's what made me kind of like them for a couple of minutes because, again, I was a North Star fan well before I was a Viking fan. Next, uh, I was, oh yeah, I was responding with, yeah, I've never understood why the reasoning, I've never understood the reasoning why people don't like the North Stars uh, green and gold. It's like time to get over the whole Packer colors. They're completely different teams and completely different sports. Yeah, uh, you know, so why I'm reading my own response, I guess, what the heck, you know, to see if I had anything different on my mind. I, I like the Christmas colors just fine. Uh, the only reason I didn't like it uh, at times is they looked like when the Seattle Supersonics in the NBA went with that look. Because what were the Seattle Supersonics before that? Oh my gosh, green and gold. They were Packer colors too. I hate Seattle Supersonics. No, I love the Supersonics when they were green and gold. When they switched to the red, I didn't like it very much. Plus, they were, you know, that was kind of the era when they. I don't know, it was a group of players I didn't like as much, or the attitude on the team. I liked them when they were younger, and they weren't as much, there wasn't as much attitude. Heck, I'm looking at Christmas colors on the Christmas tree right now. There's a uh, 
specific ornament right now that's got green with red stripes and it looks really cool and it's kind of got that quebec nordiques logo that uh french what do they call that french quarter i might be an idiot whatever the heck i'm saying but um yeah it looks like the quebec nordiques with wild colors actually that'd be interesting i should take a picture of it and put it on twitter right now why, why, why not why not right here uh, live, well it's kind of live semi-live here it comes there it goes. Okay, well, I took a picture of it anyway. I'm going to do it right now. Why not have some fun? For those of you out there, I'm going to hashtag it BTWMN. So if you comment, well, yeah, if you see it, comment. Or if you think it's stupid, I don't I don't know. It's, it's up to you, I guess. <laughs> so I'll just say the Quebec Wild. <laughs> or Minnesota Nordiques. <laughs> Why the heck not? Or I'm so dang slow about this. I don't think I even spelled that correct. No, I did not. Idiot. Q-U-E-S. Thank you very much. Not Nord Nordics. <laughs> okay. Now that I've taken a half hour of your time, I apologize, everybody. Fire. There we go. Probably misspelled it, too, along the way. But next... <laughs> <laughs> next person right <laughs> next case Derek Felska have the wild shootout success put a few Minnesota wild questions on your mind ask brave the wild and just tag it yep hashtag btw man that way everything can be all together and I can put it in chronological order with the wonderful little latest column and ask as many as you wish please retweet to those of you out there thank you so much that have and that uh, also interact with the dealie I'll probably backtrack with something here Derek Felska opens it up. Have have uh, uh, the Minnesota Wild have matched up very well against Edmonton. Why do you think that is the case? And then we look so overwhelmed against a team like St. Louis. Maybe Edmonton feels like a more open offensive type of team, and then St. Louis is kind of a, you know, muck it up. And it seems like we, we're not that good against the muck it up teams. That's kind of partially what I think. And it seemed like, see, whenever Edmonton's good... They're kind of flying all over the ice, right? And they're scoring lots of goals and they're winning a lot of games. And the Wild always beat Edmonton when they're good. And when Edmonton sucks, they are kind of more muck it up style, at least from what I've noticed. Or or the Wild get complacent and say, oh, and it's like some 2 o'clock Saturday afternoon game or Black Friday. I think there was one like that a few years back when Edmonton was awful and the Wild were actually really good. And and it just didn't go well. It was like 4-1 to one or something depressing. I remember being just irate. Like, really, guys? And, yeah. See, like, St. Louis, for some reason, they stink this year, other than, I guess, guys are getting older and people leave and stuff. So, it's not the glory years anymore, unfortunately, for them. But that's what it seems to be. We we just don't score against the muck-it-up teams, and they do. <laughs> they just find a way. It seems like we get kind of, like, maybe we play too open. We play too uh, lazy Poor defense, fo uh, poor focus on defense, and of course that happened with uh, Anaheim. What the heck? And uh, the Dallas Stars, after taking that huge lead, I don't know if like, wow, we're gonna beat Dallas, we're gonna win, and then okay, maybe not, <laughs> and then we did. Holy cow, that was fortunate. So that's my point of view on that one. Next, uh, some consider Tetris to be the best puzzle game of all time. As you know, it's always about getting the right piece to fit at the right time. What Minnesota Wild player is our Tetris piece that somehow makes everything else work? Well, the low-hanging fruit would be Kirill Kaprizov, for sure. 
Oh boy, outside of that, that's a good one, man. That's a good one. Yeah, because Kirill Kaprizov's the low-hanging fruit, right? He makes everything work, so to speak. But then again, not always. You know, Jules Eriksson-Eck. Jules Eriksson-Eck. Even though he's not perfect, I think it's him. I think it's him. Uh, it seems like everywhere he goes, the, the line plays better most of the time. It's not perfect, but nobody's perfect, and he's not a star player, but he's having a hell of a season. What's he on pace for? Like 70 points, you know? So um, I think it's Jules Eriksson-Eck, 22 points in 24 games, and that's just stats, but still. Again, he's on pace for upper 70, like 75, right? Um, I think it's him out of this group. Outside of that, you know, like uh, Dean Ebison would tell you it's Freddie Goudreau. And he is a nice Tetris piece, but he's not like the perfect one. He's kind of like a lesser version of Jules Eriksson. He's a lesser version of that perfect Tetris piece. Um, Felino could even be on there. Mason Shaw. You know, they're 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 candidates. They're, they're guys I think that are really nice fits um, wherever they go for the most part. But um, it's Alex Goligoski. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> good guy, really good guy, and I'm happy to see him uh, getting getting playing time again. I, you know, it's like. <laughs> I felt so bad. I felt so bad when he got emotional after that. And, uh, you know, and I, I know you don't want to get too cute and feel too too uh, sentimental about everything, but that, that I, I felt bad for him, honestly, and it's nice to see him playing. But long story longer, or long story short, anyway, Jules Eriksson Eck to me is that Tetris piece. He seems to fit in where he goes. Uh, he'll always play that strong, physical, frustrating defense. Now his offense is coming around. And he's and he's getting assists as well, which is really, 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 really nice. Um, it's it's a beautiful thing. I love what Jules Eriksson does. I, I really do, and I, I think he's uh, obviously the the heart of the grief line, and he really is. He's right in the middle, you know. So the e e, you know, <laughs> well, you know, well, you know. <laughs> so let's get to where we need to be. Here we go, Sammy Walker. All right, and I love those video game sports questions where you combine them together. Those are so fun. Derek and um, Brian Herrera tend to do that. Keep them coming. Huh? And now video game flashback exists, so you're going to see that. You're going to hear me uh, kind of plugging that off and on because it's a show that was dormant for over 14 years, almost 15 years. Basically, it was YouTube videos I did way, way back in uh, 07 and 08. It was just three. I did two in 07 and one in 08. And then... Dylan, when I joined the sportsstuff.com, uploaded it as video game flashback. And I kept thinking, oh, maybe, maybe someday, maybe someday I'll do an actual video, I'll do an actual audio podcast. Uh, it's 15, it's almost 15 years late, but what the heck, here, here it is. <laughs> Sammy Walker has been terrific so far for the Iowa Wild. Do you think he will get a look by the big club this season? I hope so. And that's the one thing. It's like he's, you know, he's. He's certainly, like, uh, seasoned enough, I'd have to say, to at least deserve a crack in the NHL. 21 points in 20 games, like I said earlier. And, obviously, he was, yeah, he was a wonderful gopher player. Crazy thing, he was a seventh-round pick by Tampa. But Tampa does a lot of things right, especially in the Steve Eiserman era. But even afterward, they've done a great job. Uh, Ten goals like that in 20, in 20 games. Uh, I think there's something there. He's a center. He's a little smaller, but who isn't these days? Five, well, who isn't on Minnesota anyway? <laughs> Ryan O'Reilly isn't shorter. At least I don't think so, right? 5'10", 180, um, 23, right? Yep, 23 years of age. Turns 24 already in, in early June. I I think he deserves at least a crack, and I hope so. I, I hope he deserves, or I hope he gets a call-up. And I'd almost kind of say, why not? You never know. I, I didn't think he would be this 
ready to rock and roll this quickly in the AHL. But I guess why the heck not? Four years at the University of Minnesota, and for the most part, every year was a little bit better, a little bit better, and the team was a little bit better, and his role kept growing. So I love what Sammy Walker does, and I, I got a feeling you know he's going to adjust to the NHL kind of like Mason Shaw did. Just, he just might. you know. Obviously, he'd be a bottom six kind of guy, probably. But I think he'd adjust well. And maybe he would get cracks in the middle, so to speak. Like, possibly all the way up to the second line at times. Even though that might be a stretch, in some people's opinion. We'll have to wait and see. But at least, I mean, hey, and, and he plays the position of need for every NHL team. Especially this one. Next, uh, the lightning round continues. <laughs> says, what is your all-time Minnesota Wild shootout lineup? Any three players you wish... Kirill the Thrill is for real in the shootout. Oh my god. That release on that shot is sick. It's unbelievable. Uh, for the longest time, I would have said Koivu. It seemed like people started to solve that backhand at the end of his career, but he was slow and old. But so Koivu deserves to be there because of that backhand. He always seemed to beat people with it. Kirill Kaprizov, just, it's just, he just, he makes it look so easy. Like, he just skates up there and shoop, lets it go and the puck goes in. It's just that simple. Uh, otherwise, the third one, Lately, it's freaking Johnny Goudreau. He's been so good. Did I call him Johnny? I keep doing that. Fred, Frederick, Freddy Goudreau. Otherwise, uh, there was a time with the Spinorama with old uh, Pierre Marc Bouchard, but that was like sometimes. He wasn't that great. <laughs> he wasn't that great at it, but I, I guess he was. Some people are probably rolling their eyes at me right now, and well, that's that's the whole thing. It's opinions. We don't have to agree on everything. Kirill, uh, Koivu, and, oh boy, because it's like, when did all this start? It was started after that big, long lockout, right? The big, huge one, <clears throat> obviously, the one back, you know, where we lost the whole season. Mm, we finally got rid of freaking ties, because ties suck. <laughs> God, that was boring. All those two-to-two, one-to-one ties and during that mediocre 3 4 season. Oh my God, that was annoying. We had like 20 ties that year. Uh... God, what am, what am I going to go with? You said three. Any three players I wish? Kirill, Koivu, and... Oh, Jiminy Christmas. Because it's like, I, I, I don't want to get too current. Eric Christensen. Oh, man. I'm having a hell of a time with some of the older rosters now. Because, I mean, it's like, it's been a while, obviously. I know Dumba had some, some glory moments. I think even Brodine had one once, if I remember correctly, but it's like not that often. Let's see if I could go back a couple of years here just to kind of refresh my memory. I know Parisi had some good ones, actually. I think he was decent, believe it or not. Uh, many Christmas. I'm, I apologize for this. Well, certainly not uh, Brian Rolston. He drove me nuts. Like, he's good at, he's a good goal scorer, but he would like, he stunk in those. I don't know why. It was like ridiculous. <laughs> uh, Vill, I can't remember how good he was. I think he was. But um, let's stick with... Mm, I mean, lately, Freddy Gaudreau, Zuccarello, guys like that. It's just, I don't want to stay too current. That's what's bugging me about this. Let's stick with... Uh, I'm going to say Parisi. Yep, I'm going to go with the low-hanging fruit. I, mean, I remember him being pretty pretty decent at those. Certainly not perfect, but that's why he'd be like the third guy. The first two were like just like Givens, I think, and obviously Goudreau, but it's like you don't want to be too current about everybody. 
you don't want to have like the same team, even though we have been great in the shootout. So Goudreau's a strong honorable mention. I apologize for dragging that out. Jay Bushy says, Merrill has had a couple of subpar games. I think he deserves to be a healthy scratch for a couple of games. Your thoughts? I'd say, yeah. I mean, why not? Especially yeah, in, in favor of Goligoski, right? Because, uh, um, oh, and, and even Suster, if possible. But uh, Brodeen's getting better. He's getting healthier. So I, I think when Brodeen comes back from the the sudden injury after the after the sickness, I think that uh, that, that could be the uh, the door there. So instead of scratching Goligoski, scratch Merrill. And I don't think, yeah, I don't think I would hurt the team at all. So, yeah, I can agree with that, Jay. Thank you, always. Uh, next one, Brian Herrera. Oh, what this thing hold? Oh, yeah, there's that picture that popped up. Brian Herrera says, Boldy needs to have a couple of faster players on his line. God, yes. Freddie has been good, but doesn't have that extra gear to complement Boldy's game. Would Dewar, uh, Dewar, not Dewar, Dewar, which I always said wrong, Dewar and Shaw fit better with their faster play? Dewar actually is ha- having a, a higher gear, and Shaw is just a pit bull on the, pu- on the puck. That's not bad. That's not a bad idea. That would be kind of cool, and I bet those guys could really uh, take off, too. Those guys could take off, I bet, if, if, if you tried that. Uh, I, I wouldn't mind experimenting with something like that. I really like what uh, Dewar... Dewar's taken a step forward, hasn't he? And Shaw clearly... Shaw can play. Shaw can play. Uh, I'd say, why not give it a chance? I might be being, oh, like, agreeable about this, agreeable about, about that. Well, I certainly don't agree with the anti... Uh, with, with the anti-North Star take that most people have these days. But I'd say at least experiment with it. Uh, Boldy does need... Better players to compliment him. It's amazing. Again, he's another guy who could be a little bit of a Tetris guy, too, where he seems to find a way to still be very good, no matter where he goes. But, um, yeah, I mean, but he's not, like, necessarily, like, the guy that makes everyone better, necessarily. He he does, but not maybe, uh, I think in a couple of years, he might be that Tetris guy. We'll see. Um, <laughs> I'd say at least give it a shot. Give it a shot. They are good skaters. Like Dewar, that that uh, shorthanded goal was was sweet. That was sweet. And he's had a couple like that this year. He's a different player. Uh, Dewar is a different player. Duhame's a different player. And then Shaw has definitely, whew, he's taken a step forward that he deserves to be a permanent NHL player. And obviously Bill Guerin agrees, along with uh, Dean Evison. Scott Forner wraps up the actual commentary back and forth. Well, I, I'll go back down and check and make sure because I saw there were some replies to uh, what Derek said uh, on the initial tweet. Scott Forner says, Number 97 is the best player on the team. Seems to be well-liked and respected by his teammates and leads by example. No one works harder. Do you think he Yep. Do you think he would be a good candidate for the A? Yeah, you, can, you can probably hear the smile on my face. For the A once number 24 departs. Or do you think someone else is a better fit? If so, who and why? I don't know. No, I'm kidding. If there is another player, it's Julier Janak. There, there's your Tetris guy. But I do think Kirill Kaprizov, at some point, at the very least. And I remember when I brought this up, even possibly we have the C, if not the, but if not at least an A. Um, and people at the time were like, kind of brushing me off, like, "What? He's only played 57 games or whatever it was in his rookie year." It's like you can't tell that he's got leadership skills. You you can't tell that there's like an at least a lead by example with him, and that players kind of follow him. So and now it's really obvious. Now it's well, it's more obvious anyway. I think absolutely he's a candidate to be a captain of some sort. Obviously, Felino and Spurgeon aren't going to last forever. They're not. Uh, they'll, they'll be here a while. 
and I, I don't know if Spurgeon's going to be Koivu like where it's like, you take that captain off my chest, uh, like, you know, that's sacrilegious. I'm going to burn the house down. That's what it felt like with Koivu, even though he probably wasn't that way. And I, I know it would be disrespecting Koivu and all that. But, <laughs> but then again, at the same time, I'm glad they didn't give it to Parisi or Studer. Yet, I, I think they were kind of all involved with things not being so great around here, all three of those guys at the time. Uh, but long story longer, Drew Eriksson-Eck is the other guy that I would strongly consider. After that, I think that's it. I think it's Jules Eriksson-Eck and Kaprizov at the moment. Uh, who who would be another guy? Uh, bro, oh, bro, Brodeen. Yeah, Brodeen would be the other guy if it's going to be a defenseman. Brodeen, because I remember I've seen him wear it before, say, like when Adama went out. But it's between those three. Heck, I mean, the three of them could be captains, honestly. Like, say, if there was no Valino, no Spurgeon, and no Dumba, you could have, like, a captain Kaprizov. Maybe, maybe Captain Eck, you know, but um, it'd be maybe one of those two, and then the others would be the alternate, uh, Brodine and Kaprizov and Erickson Eck. So that's how I stand with that. And there is that uh, Quebec Wild or Minnesota Nordiques <laughs> ornament. What a nice ornament. And I'm glad it's right in front of me so I can see that every time I do a show. I wasn't even intending that, but I got it, was it this year? I think I did just buy it, actually, yeah, at uh, Living Word Christian Center. I think I did buy it, yep. Uh, I think it was like a sun, like last Sunday? last uh, The Sunday before last, so like 10 days ago, whatever the heck it would be. So <laughs> I enjoyed doing that. Uh, sorry if I babble a bit too much and ramble and go on and on about things, but I really enjoy interacting with you guys, and I enjoy everything. You know, I enjoy talking about hockey, uh, about Christmas, about <laughs> retro games, whatever the heck it may be. So, again, apologize if I babbled too much. Let's see if there's a little bit more. There's that original statement, unless they were just replies. Yep, they're already, yep, those I already read. But uh, really appreciate all of your guys' interaction. It means the world to me. I'm seeing notifications. Those are retweets. Thank you, Wild Brazil. So there are retweets to what uh, Derek put out there. Wild Brazil, thank you very much. Out of Brazil, think about it. Isn't that cool? Uh, Justin Bucky. Yeah, part of MNW Prospects or MNW Young Guns. It still says MNW Prospects, so that's called Young Guns at the same time. Huge shout out, and I'll get to that in Brian Herrera. Thank you guys so much for the retweet. Um, who retweeted the last episode, anyway? Uh, there's a couple of replies. I better read these. Okay, I read that one, but, uh, BR Iowa Wild. Uh, yeah, I better read this. What was he responding to? Or it could be yeah. Sammy Walker. Okay. Uh, about about regarding Sammy Walker. He he has looked great. I've been pleasantly surprised. I figured he'd be he'd be solid, but never expected the offense. And his G H H T last Sunday, yep, yep, yeah. Was pretty cool to see in person. Oh, I I I bet it was, huh? I, I bet it was. Um, nope, I mean, uh, Sammy Walker definitely has surprised me as well. I had a feeling he'd be good, but this good right away, that's, it's, it's a good sign, and I do think he deserves a shot at the NHL at some point, you know, at, at, at least a cup of coffee, see what happens, and who knows, who knows, maybe he'll be able to get, get the, a permanent number just like, a Shawzy and, and, and Dewey and guys like that, so, and the, and the other Dewey, the Dewey line, Duhame. Dewar, you know, those guys. <laughs> the Dewey line. That was fun. Uh, <laughs> so, 
No, thank you for that. I uh, appreciate that. Uh, I don't think that one was... Yeah, they didn't hashtag it. Are we following? Okay, yes, we are. Cool. Iowa Wild season ticket holder and huge fan. Also love the Minnesota Wild and hockey in general. Me too. Me too. <laughs> I love the Iowa Wild as well. Uh, I love when they win. Love like love keeping up with the, the prospects and everything. And if I lived in Iowa, I would, yeah, as long as I can afford it, I'd try to be at every game I could get to. Um, so I, I wish I could afford it. And, and obviously my work schedule is another thing that prevents me. So not that it's about me and I need to whine and complain every second about myself. Uh, okay, I should mention who retweeted the most recent episode. Steve Snyder. Devil's State of Mind Podcast. Thank you very much. They're on the, uh, they're part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Thank you. On the New Jersey, the Hockey Podcast Network retweeted. Thank you always. Brian Herrera and Derek Felska. Thank you all of you so very much for that. Really appreciate it. We can look at the demographics super quick just for fun. It's a fun little hobby. Uh, so number two behind the United States, which is 83%, Finland. Hello, Miko. No, I'm kidding. Miko or relatives or who knows, who knows. But Finland, I know there's Finnish fans that like uh, Minnesota Wild. And of course, uh, a lot of people compare Finland to Minnesota. So interesting. I've heard that. Norway's number three. Yep, that one's still very much around. Even United Kingdom, Canada. Well, it's about time, Canada. Where have you been? Jeez. Where have you been, eh? <laughs> and I love Canada. I love Canadian teams. Even the Montreal Canadiens, I like, you know, but yeah. So, I mean, great to hear from Canada. Maybe guys from the Hockey Podcast Network or others. Um, sometimes I like to screw around and look at the different regions and cities and all that. Washington, would you believe it? Washington, like Seattle area. Washington's number two in the states. Minnesota's number one. California is number three. Wisconsin, yep, there you go. Yep, there you go. Number four, Illinois, and then Finland, Nevada. Cool. Texas, India. India. Interesting. And then we'll look at cities. I just like to do this. You know, it's just for the heck of it. Yep, Washington. Apparently, Bonnie Lake Washington is the number one city right now. Wow, at least in the last month. St. Paul's number two. Pretty much tied with Minneapolis, then Maple Grove, you know, and then you get into um, Finland, and then uh, Reno, uh, Helsinki, Finland, Reno, Nevada. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, it's just, that's what I like. I like, it's like a new toy to me being able to look at demographics because HipCast didn't have any of that, which was frustrating. Now I get to know who's really listening to the show, so it's pretty cool, as long as it's accurate anyway. And it's during a one-month span, you can always branch, uh, spread it out, and that's always fun as well. With that said, again, shout-outs to MNW Prospects, shout-outs to uh, Minnesota Wild Global, uh, Scott Cavendish, thank you very, very much for uh, having me on there and for allowing me to post links to the show on the, or it's, it's not even links, it's just saying the show is up in the image and everything, but uh, <laughs> thank you so much for that. Great, great website to talk Minnesota Wild during the week and during games and all that. Uh, again, MNW Prospects, Pavel Bennett, Justin Bakke, Brandon Quast, awesome page. Uh, keep up with the Minnesota Wild Prospects and enjoy doing that very, very much. Hope all of you, again, have a nice week. Enjoy the Christmas season or holiday season if you don't celebrate it, I suppose. Um, but <laughs> hopefully you do. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, with that said, uh, um, that should be pretty much a wrap. Please write a positive rating on Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, Audible, and I believe Spotify. You can at least put a star rating. Those of you that have, thank you very much. And tell your friends about the show, and we will talk to you in a week. Thank you.